Three long days from I don't know It takes a little more than what you show And that's yesterday Yeah, yesterday Welcome to Bobby Finn Knows Everyone, part of the Pull Tab Sports family. I am Bobby Finn, along with me, my co-host, Tom Lord. How are you, Tommy? Doing well. Thanks for having me. It's yep. going to be a fun episode. Yes, we got uh, we got somebody back with us. Got some good stories, so we wanted to invite Matt Mateo Schmidt. Hello, hello. Back here. Yeah. How are you, buddy? Doing pretty well. That's good. That's good. Matt Mateo yeah. Schmidt, back mm, in the house. Back in the house. We got some wild and crazy stories to talk about today helpful stories too helpful. Mm -hmm. very helpful uh -huh. right whenever there's like a, a special episode of a show on i always tell my wife i'm like this is gonna be a very special episode of who's the boss <laughs> who's the boss <laughs> this is a very special episode <laughs> of welcome back cotter welcome back yes. <laughs> for yeah. all those kids out there who don't know welcome back cotter is there's a show back in this no yeah, so it's right good here. did i ever tell you this, there's a welcome back cotter thing you know the song welcome yeah. back right when my daughter'd get penalties at Creton, they would play Welcome Back. Oh, oh that's yeah. great. Well, yeah. I'm running the music for the JV hockey team. Oh, I just yeah? made, that's gonna be on that, my go my go-to list. That would be great. Yeah. Yep. I have been playing uh there's there's a old you'll know this rap song, KRS one. Whoop, whoop, oh. here comes the police. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yep. Fans loved it. They have no idea who KRS one is, but I do. That's awesome. And uh legend. Beck Loser, that's another good one play that when my kid gets sent to the penalty box That's you're a loser baby so yeah it's good what's happening speaking of uh losers should we just hit on the vikings real might quick as well. uh maybe last week we did beth from yellowstone hot or not vikings mm. super bowl chance hot or not 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 their their defense is garbage suspect no they're not suspect they're garbage garbage They've been, they've been missing guys. Come on, give them a chance. Oh gosh, no Harry the Hitman last week. Yeah. Detroit's hot. We just let them. We just let them win. I know it's. I, they have to have some kind of uh, pressure, though. Yeah, we have nothing. What's and, that three four defense? Jeez, is he, is he getting ran out of town yet? Uh, at Donatello? Yeah, everybody wants his head. Everybody wants his head. What yeah, they just don't have a you know one of those wins, a statement win. Never. Every we game talking they about, beat they beat one. Buffalo. Yeah, that would be. They barely squeaked by Buffalo. They got lucky. With the yeah, fumble got, uh, yeah. You know, every other game, it's like the you almost like they're gonna they, they might lose. You they have a fourteen point lead, and they give it all up, and it's nail biter at the last five minutes. They could easily be three and ten right now, easily. They got lucky almost every win. They have a chance to put these teams away, and they just stop doing it. I think they're going to put it together. I do. I think at the end, they're maybe not going to go all the way, but I think they're going to get to real close to the NFC Championship game. I, I just don't think they've had the full roster, the full squad. I do think they do. They need another corner, but you're going to get them now. Let's prime get prime time out of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> go get Dion to come back. What do you th <laughs> What do you think of Dion? I mean, he can recruit. Yeah, that's all right. College football is all about recruiting. How yeah. about those kids though? When he walks in there and says, "I'm going to be hitting the the portal up," so pretty much get <laughs> your bags say, packed almost, yeah. right? Well, he said he was bringing he's bringing his luggage, meaning he's bringing his kids to come play there. Yeah, and he's bringing his other star players to come there. So psh, beat it if you don't <laughs> right uh, but they got a clear house they suck yeah right they haven't been good the whole since program who the, with cordell stewart oh yeah a slash yeah. yeah yeah well there's no way up but but up from there right that's yeah. why i picked colorado yeah because like well, why wouldn't he go like to a 
like some like somebody said like ACC school like or a like big a, time yeah school. like a Florida State or a Nebraska I can see why he's not going to Nebraska but like <laughs> some big time school versus a Colorado I can't Florida State I'm surprised he didn't go there because he played there well mm-hmm. if he even turns around them a little bit they'll have offers everywhere yeah right. True. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, not Minnesota. They signed PJ Fleck to a long deal. We love our PJ. Roll <laughs> the boat, baby. Roll the boat. I mean, it, they should have been a lot better this year as well. They lost. God, the hype was so high at one point, right? They're going to go undefeated, mm-hmm. and then they just they lo- they started. Like, they beat Michigan State. It was like, we got this. We're right. going to win this conference. And, oh, and then Purdue put and, the boots to us. Uh-huh. Iowa too. The first loss. Yeah. That was my first Gopher. Game I went to, <laughs> and they lost. Yeah, I got so many random texts like, "You're never allowed back at the Jinx." Yeah, Mateo Jinx. I was like, uh, "That's funny." It's because those Minnesota fans were talking about the Rose Bowl. I'm yeah, like, it was a little too they early were. for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know they were. I was like, "This early to be talking about the Rose Bowl." Yeah, they got way ahead of themselves. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, go for hockey's on fire. You know, don't get me Dude. started about go for hockey. We're not going to talk about anything else. We won't have time to get into Matt's stories like. Mm-hmm. I think they're looking so good. I mean, they're down two zip to Wisconsin. And they just, they did get kind of lucky in a call. They do get a five and they put up, I think, f- four goals. On that major? Yeah, uh, three goals maybe on that major because they're down two zip with four minutes left in the first period. And then they freaking put up three right away oh. to go to the period break up three, two, and they were just not looking great. And then they put up um, they're at six two, I think was might have been the final six three, but like holy, they look good. Majors will get you, man. Yeah, they. Uh, I'm I'm hyped for that team because I think there's not great competition. Also, Quinnipiac, Denver, Denver's really good. That that could be the championship. But I'm so in on that Gopher hockey team. They're loaded, 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 and they're and the freshmen are playing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be so good. You know what else is so good? Let's talk about it right now. Jimmy's salad dressings and dips. And I got a story for you. So I, I made, I was going to like make my own pickles the other day. And I saw the jalapeno and stuff. I was like, oh, I should make my own dip. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to make my own dip. I got like sour cream and whatever. I started making my own dip. Took me forever. And guess what? Guess what I thought about the dip? Wasn't good. <laughs> Dude, it wasn't good at all. I was like, what am I doing? Why don't I just go buy some Jimmy's? It's good. It's the, uh, they got the hat trick of dips with ranch, spinach, and dill. And that um, also they have the secret sauce. It's not exactly a dip, although you can use it for a dip, a sensible dip to dip some veggies in. But that's Jimmy's Holy Smoke, smoky dip and spread. And you can dip veggies in it, yes, but it goes way beyond a dip. You can spread it on sandwiches, burgers, chicken, chicken fingers. What do you put dips on? What do you put? What do you put? What do you put your dressings on? Like all of it. Yeah. Burgers, fries, eggs, eggs, mm. steak. Uh, it's incredible, and the best thing about Jimmy's salad dressings and dips is you can find it at Cub Foods in the veggie section. You just go there, you grab your veggies, it's right there. Um, and when you go to the uh, checkout, just tell them uh, you listen to the Bobby Finn Knows Everyone podcast. They're not going to give you any kind of discount or anything. <laughs> Bobby and, sent you. Bobby and they'll sent look you. at you like you're crazy, but you can feel good about, I heard this from the Bobby Finn Knows Everyone <laughs> podcast. And the guy will look at you like you're goofy, but we'll, we'll we'll think it's pretty funny. So that's Jimmy's salad dressings and dips. Don't be messing with the dressing. That's right. So Mateo, last time you were on, we had some good stories and we were like getting into it. And then we were talking the other day and you got awesome stories. So we talked about you, you're a big baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, you fought through some injuries. 
you bet, uh, battled some mental health issues as well. And I think that's the one thing that we all talk about is just like people go through a lot of mental health things. They have anxiety, they have depression. They don't always treat it the right way. They don't always cope the right way. And you've, you've gone through some ups and downs and, and we were talking about, you know, ayahuasca is a big thing that people talk about a lot. And before we get into exactly that, um, I thought we should, we should talk about it here because we've got a lot of followers. We've got a lot of people who listen to the podcast who, I mean, we we're talking with our buddy, Chris Alzar, and he's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot about it. I think knowing you, you're an upstanding dude. It's not a, like, it's not this crazy weird thing that only a celebrities do or freaks do like you are, uh, a really a smart dude and, and seeing it, how it improved your life and helped you. I thought we should talk about that on the pod and, and. You know, well, however comfortable you are talking about this, that, and the other, you you let us know. But I know you 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 had an opioid addiction. Is yep. that right? Yep. Yeah. So how did how did you get into that? What happened? And and we'll just get into like how how did you you know get through it? Yeah, for how it kind of started, it was uh, basically going off to college and trying trying things, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, I tried some opiates and I liked it. You know, I tried a little bit in high school. That old story, like. Uh, Buddy went in their parents' medicine cabinet, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, and you know I really liked it. You know I had a lot of anxiety. I didn't know at the time, but I was I was just so high strung. Yeah, and then uh, you're so playing baseball, playing baseball, stressed qu- out, quitting baseball. Actually, you know, I was ending my baseball career as sophomore in uh, uh, Mesa Community College, T Birds, the T Birds, T Birds, and I went home and I started a job kind of in the service industry, and and I started serving, and it was stressful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and at this time, not many people knew the addiction part of the opiate pills because it was very much uh, said to be non-addicting or mm-hmm. whatever it was. That's all you heard. Right. And I realized when I did it, when I went serving, I wasn't, you know, I could talk to tables. I was, my ener- my anxiety went down. It was calm. Yeah, it was calm. Mm-hmm. And I got energy from it. I, you know, loved it. Loved it. And, you know, just kept doing it. And then when you don't have, you don't realize it, and then you don't have it. Boom, sick, mm. you know, and that's when people thought I was on something was when I wasn't on it. So you're like physically sick, physically you're ill sick. and body needed it. Okay. Body needed throwing up and stuff or how do you, yeah. Okay. You're, you're kind of yeah, withdrawing, yeah, right? Withdrawing, yeah. full blown, you know, full blown withdrawal. Right. And you know, uh, at that time, you know, you didn't want, I didn't want to tell anyone about it. Sure. So I just kept it going and it just kept going for, you know, years. And you're just like, I'll just do a little bit and. Oh, this is doing it every day. It yeah. And, tried. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nope. That doesn't work. Yeah. You know, tried that, uh, trying everything under the bus. I remember the moment that I broke down kind of crying in my, my truck, realizing like, like, I can't stop. Yeah. You know, I can't stop. And I don't know how to talk to my parents about how I can't stop. Sure. You know, so they yeah. just kept going. Yeah, you know, so it was opiate. I dealt with opiates for about seven years. Wow, my life. Wow, and you've you're you know everybody has issues with their family, right? Like you don't want to let your parents down, and you're like your mom might act one way, or dad might act another way, and you're just trying to figure out like, all right, I, I don't want to burden them, or I don't want to deal with that. And they I had wanna, no clue. Yeah. They, they never dealt with uh, addiction of mm-hmm. that that sort. Theirs was like, oh, just just stay in your room for two days. Yeah. And you'll be fine. Uh-huh. You know, that was what they thought. Even though I went to rehab a couple of times, it was like, go to rehab, rehab for 30 days. You're going to come back completely fine. I was, might not have been on opiates. And now all my anxiety and everything came back. Mm-hmm. So the one, th- if, if anything that was going to stress me out would push me right back into doing it. Cause I knew this thing was going to make me feel good. Calm me down. You know, calm yeah. me down. Right. 
Yeah, that was your coping mechanism. Yep, that's that was, how you could cope, and yep. that's how you could deal with your your anxiety and your stress. Mm-hmm. And that's it made you feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And it didn't make you like, you know, you weren't out to party. You weren't out doing it to like. Oh, do it to go to work. Wild. Yeah, I'll you're go doing to it to, work. to live. To live. Yeah, to right. live. God, that's insane. So, did your parents know that you that you went to rehab a couple times? They did. They did. Okay. Eventually, it got to the point. You know, like yeah. uh, it was. There's no way of not knowing that something was off. Right. With me. Yep. And you know, I did the you know I used pawn and stuff. Yeah. You know, just super sketchy. Yeah. Hanging out in sketchy areas, getting like arrested in in the North Las Vegas. It's like, why is this you know yeah. white boy and two in the morning and over you know it's like way over here getting arrested you know yeah. like why why is my son all the way over there so sure. it was, but they still were in denial for a long time uh-huh. uh now it's came more to the forefront of how bad the epidemic is like last year 100,000 people uh od and died wow yeah it's massive epi- massive yeah epidemic and uh they were just at that point in time there there was a you know, like a hundred pills per every person in the United States. They were just serving them out like candy. Mm-hmm. You could always have them. I never you know, had to go without them, you know, until they kind of clamped down on those pill mills and then it made it harder to get. And then that's how I jumped, ended up jumping to heroin and, and harder opiates. Cause at the time you never think never going to be me. Sure. You know, right. it's always never going to be me. You see it happen to other people, yeah. other friends, but it won't happen to me. So what was the first one you were taking? Was it like a lower, like lower tab, you yeah. know, like the ones yeah. you'd get if you got your taunts, I mean, your wisdom teeth taken out. Yep. They give you like 10 or 12 of those per sets. And then, you know, just cause they were so prevalent at the time, I had a friend that had the stronger ones, uh-huh. the 30 milligram Brock Percocet, you know, yep. boom, doing that, you know, and then I had to get off the pills. I was selling them too, right. To keep my own habit going. Sure. And then, uh, you know, basically couldn't get them anymore. And that's when I was like, all right, gotta go. I need help. You gotta go to rehab. Yeah. Right. And I went to rehab. 12 step program or what kind of? Uh, 12, they they yeah. always incorporate kind of incorporate a 12 step program into it. But in my head at the time, but at the time, you know, being younger and immature, I was like, you just know best. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna need 30 days here and that's all I need. And I'm going home and not gonna have a single, you know, bump yeah. in the road. Nope, went yeah. right home. Psh, Went right next to the same friends I used to have that was still doing, mm-hmm. you know, opiates. And yeah. I just went right back and it was just never, never could keep, keep sober for longer than a month. Wow. Went right home, boom, running and gunning, you know, nothing else mattered but to get high. Yeah. So at what stage did you, did you start to kind of figure it out? Like, uh, I mean, I, I just talking about years, the, years, yeah. years, cause it took like three or four years for that breakdown in my truck. And then after that, I always, you know, I was still doing them, but I would always be researching. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, because you can get like Kratom, which is kind of makes it feel, you can get this out of like a smoke shop, right? And yeah. it's a natural painkiller. Tried, you know, I tried every, you can do like high vitamin C doses. Hmm. There's many different things that they say can work. You know, it was just, I knew I was addicted and I wanted to get sober and I had no clue. So, you know, internet is researching it. Yeah. Research, research. So that's how I came across the Ibogaine. Yep. And uh, which led into the ayahuasca. And uh, ibogaine is a plant from uh, Africa. It's uh, from the iboga plant and it, it's used in a, it's the Bawiti tribe. And they do it in ceremonial form. But what they found out was actually a heroin addict found out when he did it out there. He didn't know it at the time, but it took away all his opiate withdrawals. Mm-hmm. So he started serving in America. Now you can do it out in Mexico, but if you do it once, it takes away, like takes majority of your opiate withdrawals away. Okay. You know, when I did it once, but when I, 
when my opiate draw withdrawals went away, I was still didn't like who I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't like, like how I felt when I was normal. Didn't like it. Yeah, you still had that anxiety and the depression and the mm -hmm. things that you weren't coping with. I was with. sweating profusely all the time. I was hot. And uh, when I went to the doctor, the doctor asked me if I was stressed mm -hmm. because my blood pressure was out the roof. And my resting heart rate was like 110, 120 beats per minute going to sleep. This is in rehab. And he asked, he goes, Matt, do you feel stressed? I'm like, I don't think so because I'm still personable. I still have a lot of friends, but I'm profusely sweating all the time. Mm -hmm. He goes, you have subconscious anxiety. You just had this for so long. You don't know anything really? different. Yeah, he said that to me. And he hit. I was like, oh, my God. Wow, that's I, insightful, that doctor. He could have just pushed you aside and was like, yeah, you're whatever. I was like, I felt like this since I was younger. I've always I felt nervous. Right. You know, if, uh, in class, if I knew the answer, I didn't want to raise my hand because uh -huh. I didn't want to, you know, I knew it, but I didn't want to be wrong. It was like, you know, this constant anxiety. Yeah. You know, there was something that I was just always fearful of. But did you have like confidence in yourself like you're a good baseball player you're a good looking dude i love your hair um <laughs> you know like did you have that confidence of like a lot of athletes have that like cocky kind of confidence of like i don't really give a shit like i, I can do whatever at school and i can like talk to girls and i can do whatever because i'm or maybe you didn't maybe well you that's that how it was portrayed you know but yeah. in deep down it wasn't like that oh uh, okay you know so you that's put all, up that put yeah. up put that that's what it looked like there, on but, the outside yeah. but on the inside it wasn't like that at all mm. yeah and it, you know, some a lot of it stemmed from like how I grew up too. Like mm -hmm. I, like, uh, and it, it all kind of trickled down. My oldest brother beat up my older brother and then my older brother beat up me. And then I was mean to my, you know, all sure. Yeah. I remember until my younger twenties of having basically nightmares of fighting my older brother, Paul. Oh, dang. Oh. Cause, and he's big dude. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's like, like my, six, like, one, like two, my size. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy he was always, he was like, he's, I didn't want to fight him. Cause I knew no matter what, I wasn't going to win. Right. If I did fight him. Yeah. But I had these dreams until my younger 20s. Oh, wow. You know, you can't throw a punch in your dream either. Yeah. So it's right. always mm -hmm. frustrating, mm -hmm. you know? I had that until my, my younger 20s. Wow. So so you've, you, you've got the issues. You've, you kind of have this breakdown in your truck and you're like, okay, I need to, I need to do something else. You talk to the doctor. So mm -hmm. you've kind of figured out what you, you, that you are overstressed and you, are, you do have that anxiety issue. So at that point you're, you go and you, you go to Mexico to try the. Yep. Yep. So I actually get in a, a car accident on my birthday, which someone actually T-bones me. And at the time I was using, and I was, I remember at the time I was like, yeah, I'm like, I was completely fine. But I was like, I'm gonna get paid one day. Right. Mm. And it took two years for this insurance claim to come through. It was $10,000. Uh, and I used, uh, it wasn't all of it, but that was paid me to go down to Mexico and do the Ibogaine the right way. Okay. Cause my mom actually, I actually got it ordered in my house and I had my mom, cause my mom watched me go through, you know, I lived in mom's house. She watched me, you know, become a, mm -hmm. a stick of a man that I used to be. You know, I've dropped 40 pounds and just no one like her son used to look like. So she, and we didn't do it the right way, threw it all up so quick. And then I was like, I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to go down to a facility. Well, you have people trained to, to administer it. But still, though, you're going to Mexico. Are you still, are you, are you thinking at this point, like, okay, it's a facility and it's doctor, but it's like, who knows what's going to happen when I get to Mexico? Is it going to be some kind of sham or what? I was to a point where I yeah. wanted to try anything. Okay. You know, uh, we're talking about, I've had the, the what do they, they have to call the ambulance? They give you the cervix knuckle to your chest to wake you up. You're huh? almost on the point of ODing. You know, yeah. that's how they wake you up instead of hitting you with, uh, naltrexone or yeah. the opiate reverser kind of thing. So I was just, uh, I, I, like I said before, I was researching everything. 
Yeah. You know, I yep. knew I didn't want to be addicted, but yep. it had such a control over me. Yeah. That, but I, you know, I, I would try anything out of the book. Mm. I knew that the traditional rehabs in America did not work. I've tried it a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, they don't, it didn't work for me. Sure. Yeah. You know, because they do work with some people, but uh, again, the success rates are super small, mm -hmm. small percentage. But yeah, so looked it up, got, got in contact with somebody. My mom got in contact with them as well. And they had, uh, it was like, yep, the Ibogaine is this price. And then if you want to do, we have ayahuasca that we do uh, a couple of days later. And it's a three-day ceremony. I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've tried mushrooms when I was younger. I was like, yeah, cool. I'm going to go with it. You say someone plays live music and I yeah. get a, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not knowing the the relief at the end of what it was going to be. And how long ago was this? Because ayahuasca has just kind of gotten into popular conversations through, you know, whether it's Rogan or whatever, people talk about it. But this is, what, 10 years ago? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. Forefront of it. Yep. Eight years ago. Yeah. And also, are you thinking like, I think a lot of people, maybe older generations too, think like, well... You know, ayahuasca, it's just now it's another drug. Mushrooms, mm -hmm. yeah, now you're doing another drug. So how many different drugs are you going to try and, and do? And you, are you thinking like, I don't know, I don't want to get hooked on this now. Or did you have a lot of trust in the process of like, okay, this is, I'll try, like you said, maybe it's I'll try anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, when they gave me the prescription for my high blood pressure, it was basically, here's a prescription. You will be on this for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I'm you know, there right now. You know, it's like, yeah. I didn't have a, I didn't have another route. I was like, I'm. You know, at the time, I'm like 25, 26 years old. I'm like, you're telling me for the for the whole future, I'm going to be taking. And I didn't like how I felt when I took these, the blood pressure medication. Right. You know, I didn't like it. I did my research on what ayahuasca was, you know, but I it, it still takes doing it to understand what it really was. Right. I know I know about it. Uh, I know it's hallucinogen. Yeah. You know, I know that they've done it for thousands of years and it's native to, you know, South America. Yeah. And someone's going to play music. And, yeah. You know, they, I, I, that's all I really know. So I'm like, oh, cool. I'm already down in Mexico. Why not? Yeah, I get to go to a concert and listen to some tunes. Yeah. Not, you know, why <laughs> have, not do it? Have some shrooms. <laughs> right. It's going to be great. Yeah. So, and the first night was, you know, because they do it over three nights. And the first night I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, like this, it's a. So is it like what you would think is like tribal and ceremonial where it's like sweat. outdoors or yeah, it's like a sweat lodge so they, or is it like you go into some office building, right? Like Theo Vaughn jokes that he did because I did mine right off the expressway right by a Kmart. No, they, uh, we, this was out in Mexico with the first time I did it and they had this big compound and it was inside a, like a designated big room because there was probably 30 other people doing it with me at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, but there's small group ones. Okay. I mean, I did all in Mexico. I've done five other ones since that first. Oh, one. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So wow. I've done six total. And four of the other six have been in, in the United States. Gotcha. Okay. So they're out there for yeah. sure. And right away. So you do it three days. Oh, man. This and, and yeah. First day. Well, it's because they have it. They've been, they've been doing this. They perfected the three-day system, right? The first day is really easy. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. You know, yeah. I was like. I, I like Someone's playing guitar and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Second day, I took the second cup. Uh huh. And, it's, that, and it's a liquid. It's a drink. Yep. It's, it's a brew. They so they there's two different plants from South America. One has the active molecule, which is DMT in it, and the other one is uh, MAOI inhibitor, which helps your stomach digest. Okay. So you can actually you wouldn't be able to feel it if you didn't have the the two plants together. To get it in your system. Kind of tastes like a 
kind of like an espresso, a thick espresso. Oh. Not horrible. I but heard, I heard they're going to start selling it at Quick Trip. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, they've got all that. Like, they get kombucha and might as well sell the... <laughs> Delta 8 ayahuasca. <laughs> you know? So, you... All right. So, then day two, you're like, whoa. Well, and then I get this... Because you could... You can get them up for multiple servings. Or you can be like dealer's choice where you let the, the facilitator... Like, all right, you only get it like half a cup. So, I'm like, oh, first day was cool. I'm going to get two cups, you know? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I, I was... Time traveling? Well, it's known for purging. Right, it's known for throwing oh, up. Oh, sure, yeah, you're clearing the system. Yeah, up. clearing the system, but now I'm like, I'm throwing up. Like, can I can't stop throwing up. Ugh. And now my anxiety is coming back because I've had a panic attack before when I was quitting baseball. I was avoiding everything. I was failing class. I went up to my math, my this calculus class. I was already failing, but I still had baseball. I literally for the test, I just signed my name on it, turned it in because I had to be going to a class. But you know, it was right. all about baseball at the time. I was failing. Right. It's gonna quit. And uh, ate an edible, and I had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Full on thought I was going to die. Called my girlfriend at the time. I was like, Christine, I think I'm going to die. You know, like full-blown panic. And that's what happened to me in the ayahuasca ceremony. And I look over the well, the, the guy who I was in tr- basic treatment with, you know, with my buddy now because I've been there for, you know, a couple of weeks. I'm like, Johnny, you got to get me help. Yeah. So I had to get carried out of this thing, dude, like like Scarecrow, like no carried out. I thought my heart was going to explode, but it was all, this is all made up in my head too. What's going on. Right. So I get carried out and it's like a 60 degree night in Baja, Baja, California, Mexico. So it's kind of chillier Mm -hmm. and I'm laying on the concrete and it was like, I just had this like epiphany of these, of my life. Like my whole time, my whole life, I was looking through a straw, but now I can see this way larger picture of things that I'm holding on to or that things that have have affected me. Like I was talking about my brother, Mm -hmm. but I didn't think I was thinking about it, but in reality, it's always sitting in my subconscious. Yeah. Or I hadn't talked to my dad a long time. And then I just realized, like, I'm carrying around a hundred pound bag of should have, should have been, you know? Right. I, or where I should be, or how my parents should have been with me, and I would never be here. Yeah. Like, I was mad. Yeah. You know, I'm like, why am I mad? You yeah. know? I mean, You've you know? had tunnel vision for years. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is the way it is, and this is why. And, and, and it if, opened you up. And if only if my parents made me do my homework when I was in third grade, you know, like right. some stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, like, I'm going to take this bike. Why am I holding on to these things in the past that I cannot change? I can't change who my parents were. I can't change. And, uh, who, you know, what happened when I was growing up, my brother bullying me or whatever it was, you mm-hmm. know, and these are universal things that happen, but I was, I held on to them like that. If, if only those things didn't happen. And what I kind of realized, and it's funny looking back, cause you hear this in, when I went to AA for regular rehab in the United States, I would always hear these long-time sober people go, I'm grateful for my addiction. And when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, you know, middle finger to you, dude. Yeah. Like, no, this is the worst. Yeah. And after that experience, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I had such relief. All that addiction had brought me to this experience here. Mm-hmm. You know, if I needed to go through all this to even be here now with you guys talking, you know, I wouldn't be up in Minnesota right now. I would have been too scared to leave the nest. Mm-hmm. My nest was in Vegas. That's where my mom was. That's where my, you know, right. but after my experience, I was like, I know I'm a good person. You know, I can go anywhere, you know, I need, and being, and I, there was some codependency going on with me and my mom and like, uh, if I need money, she's going to give it to me. Right. You know, she was, a, she wouldn't say no, you right. know, and this me, and it was a big thing for me leaving Las Vegas. So, because I think being independent, is the most liberating thing you can do for somebody. You know, now I can make it on my own. Yeah. Instead of my mom doing my taxes or, yeah. you know, my 
whatever it is. That fear of getting out there and doing your own thing. I so was scared. You, so did you feel most of this, this kind of world opened up to you during this second day? This like, or was this kind of like a, yeah, I over got this after over this three days, big relief after the second day, Yeah, okay, after the wow. purging, after the second day, I remember they I'm like laying on this cold concrete and, uh, one of the owners of the place actually, uh, yeah, one, there's the, two of the owners were there and I never met this guy, Tyson, Tyson Elliott, man, he's a legend, uh, rest his soul. He, I never met him before, but I knew, I knew who he was. And he just gave me like a 20 minute hug. Hmm. You know, I was like, it was like the most, he gives me goosebumps talking about it. And I just had the biggest smile on my face. It was like a, a really, like a huge wave of relief of like, I'm not holding on, I'm letting it go. I was holding on to all these things that, that you can't even hold on to, but except for mentally, Yeah. you know, I'm, I'm finally letting these mental things go. That, and just being okay with it. Yeah. You know, now instead of using it as a detriment in my life, um, we can use it as a blessing and be grateful for it. Or when I talk to other people about addiction or, you know, it's ends up, it's, it's, uh, it's a benefit. It's like, this is a, a good thing that, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad like all, how it all ended up being happening. Right. It's made you such a bigger person mm -hmm. than what you could have been or what. Yeah. Even for someone who maybe had never gone through that, you've got such a broader, bigger understanding of things and how to deal and cope and, and work through issues and see bigger things than what you would have seen. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So with that said, I mean, where are you going to go with all this? I mean, obviously it's done amazing things for your life. And uh, I mean, the positivity that you bring to people that are, you know, struggling with anything. I mean, it could be anything, not mm -hmm. just drugs or it could be life, could be anything. How, I mean, what, what are you going to do about it? I mean, I've did, uh, I'm s still involved taking some classes. I took some classes this summer about doing, uh, mushroom or psilocybin ceremonies. I went out to California where they're with a facilitator out there who actually does them for professional athletes, uh, mushroom ceremonies. And they need to, to get in the flow state. Does it with UFC fighters, NHL players, MLB players. He also does, uh, MDMA. So something in that. Uh, well, you get drawn to want to give it to somebody else, mm -hmm. right? You know, you're, it's, it's, you see it after people do it. There's a lot of people that, that, that ends up being the route of what they want to do for the rest yeah, of their life. Yeah, it's what you're passionate about. It's what yep. you know about. And it's also at this stage where nobody really knows about it. That's why we're talking about it today. You hear things, but it's in those early stages to where you, we don't know any experts that are, that know this. Right. We know you and you're kind of taboo, really. Right? Well, it is. Yeah. People yeah. talk about it like, oh, now he's doing mushrooms. Here, the guy's doing mushrooms. And he's, you know, mm -hmm. like, but it, look at how much benefit it's had to you. And you've done it multiple times. Well, even think about Aaron Rodgers, right? And he's it is so taboo. He's had a shitty year, though. He so. had a shitty year, but it don't matter. <laughs> Maybe he should have done ayahuasca because uh, <laughs> now he sucks. Oh, he did it. He did it. And that's how he got his other MVPs. He did it before he got his MVPs. He was just now able to talk about oh, it. Oh, really? Because, yeah. He, okay. he gives it for his other MVPs. Now, because it's becoming less taboo and think about himself, he's putting himself out there to even mention. He oh, yeah, it, right? absolutely. Right. But it'd be it was so profound in his own life. Yeah. He felt he didn't care about what people were going to say about him, you know, because it was such a meaningful experience to himself. Yeah. So, you know, then then that's why he wanted to share it, because think about how much slack he's going to put on. It. So now it's a joke. Like you, we just made a joke, like about right. Earlier. Yeah, we're right. making That's fun. A, yeah. right. So he exactly. knows that. Yeah, and you know, there's some fear about even putting it out there mm -hmm. because it is such Western thought. But about mushrooms, but you know, mushrooms you see 
cave paintings with mushrooms in there. Psychedelics. Psychedelics. These yeah. have been done for thousands of years in human existence. Yeah. Ayahuasca has been practiced for thousands of years and it's been proven to be safe, you know, like, yeah, you got, and it's, it's not habit forming, you know, uh, it's just, and now it's finally changing. You can see the tide changing and it just got de uh, decriminalized and I think Colorado this last election cycle. So there'll be states in the U.S. where you go, you can go yep. do it. Oregon yeah. was kind of yeah. semi-doing oh, yeah, it now. Yeah. They were doing it. Some of the federal government raided one of these places because it's not legal federally, right? But it's, it's slowly coming to that way. And now they have, you can do it at John Hopkins. They have the mushroom studies because it, they just can prove the, the benefits of doing it. And yeah. there's a way, correct way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. Sure. You know, right. it's it, not... And so when you did it, so you, like your second, third, fourth time, obviously you kept doing it because you kept, it made you like open up new pathways and, and were there, there's always somebody there that kind of walks you through it. Is it, is it like, it's not like, so in Yellowstone, uh, was his name? Casey, he oh, had yeah. this like religious ceremony out, out in the, in the tribal land. And, you know, people think of it like that, but it's more of a, it's more of a, I don't know. On the way, call it like a, where a physician helps you through. Yeah, and, you'll have a couple. You'll have like the main uh, shaman guy, the guy that's going to play all the music. And this mm -hmm. guy's a, a like master on like sixty instruments, right? He's going to play a bunch of these instruments over the next three days, and then he'll have a couple people helping him out. You know, changing some buckets or getting people water. There's always people there, you know. Yeah, and uh, like this, you know, not their first rodeo. Sure. So they've seen it, you know, they, and then uh, it ends up, if you do it over three days, it's like a big potluck where you, people will bring like organic food and someone will volunteer to cook in the morning and then someone will cook at the end of the ceremony. No McDonald's? No McDonald's, man. They don't no, want you to eat salt. Like, no, uh, no. No so what about like, what did, what did you experience out of your last few that you maybe didn't get out of your first? Is it just you keep opening new oh, yeah, doors? Well, they, they call it, you know, the great, great uh, mother teacher. You know, you it's so introspective uh and that's you yourself you know you're finding that within it's mm -hmm. always been there and now you can finally see it you know you don't need to talk to really some like there is some uh but you you uh integration afterwards but yeah you just like well and then you don't know anyone when you first get there and then you're you get to know everyone over the three days and it's such a beautiful thing and then it just makes you want to do it or you know, do it again, or give it to somebody else. Right. Like pay it forward. Yeah. So even the ones mm -hmm. I do in the states, like it's, it's they're pretty inexpensive comparatively for, but it's not about the money, right? Yeah. Right. It's because these people are trying to bring it to other people. Because even when we talk about my own life, trauma is universal. You know, I don't know, like you know, whatever I went through, someone else went through something sure. as well. Yeah. And, you know, so absolutely, it's. And then last time I went, there was actually two physicians taking part mm. in the ceremony when I did it out in San Diego. And some of that picked, the guy that picked me up was a psych, psychiatrist that picked me up from the airport and he was doing it. Oh, okay. And he was talking about how he can't tell to his uh, coworkers because it is taboo. Yeah. He's like, whatever this is, it works. Right. So he likes, yeah. yeah. So it's, wow. and it's just a, it's just a, you know, a drink, like a little like a natural herbal drink that just releases all these. I mean, it's, it could be scary. I mean, yeah. like I said, I got carried out of the thing. Yeah. But then after, it subsides. It's a kind of realization that these are all made up fears in my own head. Mm -hmm. I mean, in reality, it was nothing to be scared about. 
but it was just my my anxieties, you know, coming to the forefront. See, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm so that scares the shit out of me. If I'm not in control of my thoughts, I I, I get so I can't do that. Um, so I mean, obviously, it, we dabble in the adult beverages, but anything more than that, if I I just I I feel like I wouldn't be able to control anything, and that. I, I need to be in control. Well, it's, it's I don't not, know, Bobby. I've seen you a few nights. You're not in control. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that I've been doing it long enough where I feel like I, no matter what, as bad as it could get. Well, I, you know, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know? I know what, I know what it's going to be all about, you know, I'm, but. Well, like you said, you, you well, had no other options. You yeah. were just like, I'll try and anything. It's, it's not like drinking, right? So this is like you'll do like once maybe a year, every mm. so many years. You know, it's yeah. not like you can go to the bar and be like, can I get two <laughs> cups <laughs> of ayahuasca, please? You know? <laughs> they sell those at the post yeah, at right. all? No, yeah. And there's an intent. I mean, there's intention about it. Like you go down there for a certain reason. You know, you have brain fog. There's something in your life that's drawn you to do it. Yeah. You know. So now you have... A much clearer head. You said you've you used to feel like you're looking through a straw, and now you've got this whole window that you you feel feel like it's ta- it, you've come a long way. And like, what is what are your relationships like now? What are your what's your anxiety level like now? Oh, low, yeah. low. You guys see me at the bar, bartender man. It's pretty. It's hard to get me riled up. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah. It's always kind of even want to be even keeled. Uh, at one point, I was addicted to the highs and lows. That was a thing as well. I was also gambled, but you know, I'd gamble, I'd win a lot of money, that's a high. And I'd lose a lot of money, that's a low. Mm-hmm. I'd get high, that's a high. You know, I'd be withdrawing, that's a low. You know, I was mm-hmm. just addicted to the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And now it's just really nice to be an even keeled. You know, it's, wow. That's cool. And what about, what about like when Bobby gets into a fight at the bar and <laughs> you hear about it and now you got to like st- decide I if you're going to kick him out? didn't get into a fight. You, you almost got into a fight. Wait, yeah, that guy was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, he got all weird, man. He just like then he's he like, needs ayahuasca. Yeah, like, he was on something. He right? was on something. He just flipped out. Mateo's and, roommate had to help you out. I heard. Yeah, he had to throw the guy out before you took him outside and whooped his ass. Him. <laughs> at the at the harbor. At the harbor. <laughs> I'm finally just got to that point. I'm like, all right, motherfucker, let's go. But and it, I started walking on, and then he didn't move, so it was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, didn't, he didn't step up. No, you he, won. Uh, that's the way I like to win. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go. No, no, shit, it's I'm a, fifty years old. No, it's a, it's a, it's such a, a craft when someone starts a fight with you and you know how to like. You can talk. Then you don't want to be friends. It's like, no, hold on, dude, you're gonna like me. You know, <laughs> right. we're gonna be friends, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't know how this started off, but this is a miscommunication. You know, no, I think the fighting is the easy way out. Right, it's always easy. Yeah. But uh, to bring back the relationship, it all made all my. I was just talking to my mom. And she even she was because now the, the Aaron Rodgers and she's a Packers fan right I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan but she's a Packers fan so she'd be telling the ayahuasca thing came up and she would tell her friends I was talking to her she's like yeah tell my friends how I'm sure the ayahuasca saved your life mm. you know and that's how she firmly believe, and that's how I firmly believe about it that's awesome you know right. it, you know I was always gonna try to self medicate right and now I did it that didn't need it and didn't need to need to anymore right and and. I mean, you were an opioid addict, could mm-hmm. we say, or you used yep, all the time. Yep. But you drink still, and like that doesn't have any effect on. No, and I mean, I and I, and I drink. Mm-hmm. I uh, that's why I like working weekends because I don't drink when yeah. I'm bartending. 
Yeah. Uh, drink sparingly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I almost think different chapter. I mean, it's, everyone's different. Yeah. But no, I could, yeah, I still, you can function. yeah, right. still function. Yeah. You were wasted on here last time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what happens? You bring me to a distillery that has really good old fashions, oh, man. Oh, they were sliding. <laughs> uh, I'm glad they were that tasting good. I'm glad it's helped you out. And you're obviously a really good dude. And thanks for sharing and, doing all that, uh, you know, talking about it. Cause we talked at the bar. I was like, Oh my God, what a story. And, and I would have, would have never known. Cause you are such a chill guy and easygoing and likable and nice. And, and, um, I'm, you know, for those who are in need or for those who are looking for something to help them out, if, if they have addiction issues, I think, you know, maybe something to look into because it's obviously done wonders for you. And it seems like you're going to try to get maybe into it a little bit with the next stage of your life with, being your own shaman well and the big thing is and for anyone that knows like a loved one that's struggling with addiction or family member just know that like they check they can change like Mm -hmm. that's not them that's their addiction controlling them like when people meet me they would have unless i'll bring it up only in certain Mm -hmm. conversations if it needs to be talked about or someone else is struggling and you talk to them about my own experience but that's the beauty of life is change Mm-hmm. like that they're not pigeonholed for to be like that you know you might think they're just be you know pos whatever that's there's other issues going on there and they can change right yeah it's important stuff and that's awesome for you to recognize that and try to help because a lot of people out there need help for sure uh <clears throat> let's talk real quick about uh joe mama's salsa because mm, joe mama's salsa is uh amazing salsa and um what I love about Joe Mama Salsa is that it takes your mouth on a flavor wave because it starts a little bit tart and it and it finishes a little bit spicy. It is a wonderful, uh, amazing salsa. They got five different flavors. Bobby's is mango habanero. And I bought some the other day just so when you come sit in my kitchen, you can have some uh, mango habanero, which I think is actually branded pineapple mango, pineapple mango with yeah. habanero. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. So and a really cool thing about Joe Mamas is they support local sports teams because they help you with your fundraising. Um, you can sell Joe Mama salsa and you get 50% back to your team to help pay for team fees. They are the official salsa of hockey, which I love, which is really cool. But they also help you in any sport that you're, you or your kids might be in. So you just email fundraising at joemamas.com. Tell them you heard about the Bobby Finn Knows Everybody podcast and heard us talk about it. And they're not going to give you a discount, just like Cub Food is going to give you a discount. But they will say, hey, we can help you with your fundraising. Here's sell these salsas. We'll give you 50% back, back to your team. So check out Joe Mamas. It's again at Cub Foods. All our favorite products, I guess, are at Cub Foods. So it's fantastic. So check out joe mama salsa yeah good uh so anything else i mean god ai thing you're talking about oh god we do have to talk about this Mm -hmm. because they say it's going to be maybe bigger than the internet how the internet changed lives it might be bigger than the internet it might be bigger than google in a couple years you might i mean it does everything for you it's called chat uh gpt it's an ai bot and you go on i mean i don't know if i'm still connected to the internet but it's just like you type in whatever you want and it just say a long essay about, and I keep bringing this up, a long, a long essay, essay about the Revolutionary War and its impact on the economy. And it gives you in fluid, it's not just bad, weird computer talk, it's straight fluid. So um, 
they say for like coders who are like computer programming, they you just type, you just plug in like, hey, uh, write me a code that can do this, that, or that with websites. <laughs> Full on. They say lawyers that, that need to write up legal documents, uh, a legal document about, um, I don't know, like uh, a commercial lease with uh, various the various laws and state regulations. It knows like per state, per region, what the legal laws are, can do it that way. And the thing I just saw is that it, um, it came out a week ago, six days ago, and it already has a million users. And Twitter, it took two years to get a million users. Netflix, it took four years to get a million users. Um, it, it's just like, they say it's taking over. It scares me because it's going to take people's jobs. It's, it's like the real deal. So I want to say you heard it here first on the Bobby Finn Knows Urban podcast because they might learn about ayahuasca today. They might learn about <laughs> uh, chat GPT. And uh, we were bringing stuff to people. Bring, what was the other thing we were just going to expose today or talk about that first heard it here? Uh, I don't know. God, what were we talking about earlier? Uh, yeah. Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner. It's a big <laughs> trade. The trade. <laughs> the trade. Was that you heard it here first? <laughs> <laughs> we know Breaking. that she got let Breaking. out. She got let out of jail. Yeah. yeah. For the biggest arms dealer in the world. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's American citizen. I'd give him up, I guess, you know. I'd like to get that so other that, guy back, too. Yeah, yeah. That's where they kind of dropped the ball on it. Right. They but. say it's the biggest trade in uh, WNBA history. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Did you see? They want to be, uh, they don't want to be paid as much as the men. Did you see that? But uh, they they want the, the, uh, the same percentage as the men are getting. And so they did a deal where they calculated. So each girl at 144, 12 girls in each team, 144 girls total, they owe $83, $83 million. Because <laughs> <laughs> they lose The WNBA is $12 yeah. million dollars oh, in debt every year. So they yeah. have, they're going to have to pay in if they want to get the same yeah. pay. But, yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's you got to bring people to the seats. But that's it, right? It's <laughs> common sense. And not, you don't want to take care of people and help them out as much as you can, but it's got to it's got to be common sense. Yeah. So, God, you know, I guess we're going to have to have another conversation about something else you want to talk about. We're going to have to have you on for the third pod. So yeah. is there anything you want to get off your chest now that you're going to have to tease into the next, Whoa. the third Mateo podcast? Because right. every time we talk to you, you seem like you open up a new can of worms that we got to, we got to like un uh, peel back the onion on. Is this it? Is this it? No, there's all you got. There's more. There's more, man. <laughs> this is all keep, you got. Keep tuned. Keep tuned, man. <laughs> keep tuned. I like it's, it. It's been good. Yeah. Oh, should we wrap her up? I think we wrap her up. Wrap uh, her up. Uh, right. It's been fun. Thanks for sharing again. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was very cool. Public service today. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Took a little different twist uh, on the BFKE. <laughs> the BFKE, <laughs> uh, as usual. But the BFKE was it's good for knowledge and good for helping people who might need a little help uh, dealing with their stress or addictions or whatever. But it's it's been fun having you. So yeah, yeah it's awesome. Likewise, yeah. thanks, Matty. But. Uh, it, Make sure you like and subscribe on all your uh, major platforms and uh, kind of give a shout out to us. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. We're on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook now. So check us out. Check us out and try to help people, right, Matt? Yep, I mean, go through life and try to help. Don't hurt. Uh, life's hard enough. So uh, with that said, don't be a dick and uh, we're out. Yeah.